Welcome to Sports Spouse. Episode one. <laughs> finally in the making. Finally in the making. We've been talking about this for a really long time. I know, and we're finally doing it. We are Eric and Megan Noyes, uh, starting our very own podcast as a married couple. Obviously, it's in the name Sports Spouse. Uh, we have had many, many uh, sports bar conversations. and Probably our worst fights as a couple, have been over sports. And probably our worst fight as a couple. I think, actually, I can remember our worst fight as a couple. Uh, it was last year, and we were arguing, is Big Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, is he an elite quarterback? What was your stance? I argue that he's not an elite quarterback. And this is why we have a podcast, because my <laughs> wife is very wrong, and I'm very right. And so I need the, public knowledge. This past season, he's done a lot to improve that, and to me, personally. But I'm just saying, last year, going into last year, I wasn't as impressed. Now, watching this past year, I've been a little bit more impressed. Why? Because he got injured last year? I guess that's it. And he bounced back. He bounced back. I a, like an injury-prone player bouncing back like Big Ben. In all of his glory. Yep. So, uh, this podcast is all about bringing uh, weekly uh, sports information mixed in with a little bit of bar banter and random, useless, trivial knowledge. All those three culminate into what is Sports Spouse. So, we're excited to dive in, but first, we have our uh, very own sponsor, our first sponsor. This is a very serious moment, people. Our first sponsor, uh, we're actually sponsored by Ray Lewis's Deer Antler Spray. I've used it myself. It literally kills bacteria. And heals injury in record time. He swears it's not by HGH or steroids alone. The deer antler spray was his saving grace to their Super Bowl run a couple years ago. So that is our first sponsor. Thank you, Ray Lewis. So being this first episode, we uh, this is coming at a great time because uh, what is tonight? NBA Finals, of course. NBA Finals, of course. Yeah, so tonight we have the Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, a rematch of last year. Let's go Golden State! Both teams are the number one seed out of their uh, respective conferences. Uh, did you expect both of these teams to be here? Uh, you know, I know they're number one seeds, but did you expect it? Oh, absolutely. I never doubted anything else. I mean, I know that OKC gave uh, Golden State a run for its money in the beginning, but I never doubted Stephen Curry. Yeah, so let's look at just the East and the West. So the East, coming out of the East, the East was a, uh, a down year. I mean, basically everyone and their mother made the playoffs. Um, my poor little Celtics. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Celtics made the playoffs. and They, they did. Yes, they made the playoffs, and they won their first-round series thanks to... Uh, I stand by their one great player away they from are, being yes. at the top of the conference again. I wouldn't say the top of the conference because there's a little guy named LeBron James at the top he's of the like conference. a small problem. I mean, <laughs> let's just imagine a world where Kevin Durant came to the Celtics. So let's look at the East. So the East, we had the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously a uh, great team. Everyone knew they were going to come out of the East. Uh, second, we have the Toronto Raptors. They were the second seed. They gave the Cavs a good run for the money in the Eastern Conference playoffs. What do you think about that series? I mean, I thought it was interesting, but once again, I mean, I never doubted LeBron. I mean, he is LeBron James. And also with Kevin Love behind him, I mean, I just never doubted that the Cavs were going to get to the finals. I don't think many people doubted that they were going to get to the finals. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Cleveland did hold um, home court. Um, They lost one game to Toronto at home, but still, their big three was just too much to handle. Um, Toronto, you know, they had Kyle Lowry, DeMar Rosen. 
um, who played well at Spurs. They didn't really, there was about one game they both played really well, but they were kind of on and off. Mm-hmm. One of them was playing well. And to beat yeah, the Cavs, absolutely. you needed all your players playing well. So no mm-hmm. surprise to see Firing Cleveland. absolutely. No surprise to see Cleveland out of the uh, out of the East. So Golden State's run. They beat Houston for uh, four games to one. No one was surprised about that. Mm-mm. Houston uh, couldn't guard my, uh, <laughs> my great-grandmother. <laughs> I would. It was a little bit ugly. She could score on James Harden. <laughs> yes, it was ugly. Um, and then they moved on to Portland. Um, Portland, as you know, they lost Lamarcus Aldridge last year. Yeah. They have Damian Lillard. Uh, C.J. McCollum came on this year very strong. He was kind of their next guy up. Um, I'm a big Duke fan, so Mason Plumlee. I thought he played great minutes, but hey, I'm a little biased. Yeah, a little bit biased. A little Duke bit biased. Fandom. But oh yeah, but Golden State handled Portland four to one as well. But in the OKC series, you made a mention of it. Uh, what happened in that series? I mean, I just, I mean, I think in the first, you know, couple of games, I think it took a little bit for Golden State to find its footing again. Um, they hadn't played an opponent like that since the regular season, right? I mean, you know, they've been playing Houston and Portland. You know, I mean, that's that's not going to be real competition. And then they come into you know this final the series, and then they really have to compete on a level that they really haven't had to for a very long period of time. But I really do think that you can see the caliber of their team when they come back from being 3-1. to one. I mean, from coming back from that and to win 4 over 3, I mean, that's just really, really significant. I mean, this team, as a nucleus, they've been coming back all season long. Mm-hmm. I mean, they Absolutely. they like playing from behind. Uh, no lead is too great. Um, they've been fourth quarter coming. I think that's the story coming. of Golden State. You know, I mean, Stephen Curry, I mean, he, you know, MVP, but you never would look at him and think, you know, he, he does, he's not as physically dominant as LeBron James. Um, he obviously outshoots anybody. And you know, and yes. on the court, but I mean, you you just look at that team, and you're like, they are the underdogs, even though they are the NBA championships. So wait, so you think going into this finals that Golden State is the underdog? I think they have the mindset that they're the underdogs, ba- even though they won the finals last year. Yes, I do believe that. So why do you think they're the underdog? I mean, I I just maybe it's just my perception growing up with once again I mentioned that I was a big Celtics fan. But just LeBron James is just such a dominant figure in my mind. And not only that, but with a healthy healthy Cavaliers team as it is right now. I mean, it's a totally different series than last year. Now they have a whole new coach. They have a whole new coach. They have a um, healthy LeBron James, a healthy Kevin Love, a healthy Cavaliers team in general. Um, and so that's just something that the Golden State Warriors didn't have to face last year. That is true. That was one of the big things after last year. I think that's why we saw Golden State coming out of the gate so fast. And you know, they set records um, for all major, the four major sports, as the best start mm-hmm. for any team. Yeah. Um, I forget what that number was. I think it was uh, it was over twenty five. Um, over twenty five. I know something like that. But they didn't get a lot of credit for beating the Cavs last year because of Kevin Love's injury, who Mm -hmm. your uh, Boston Celtics, Kelly Olenek, took Kevin Love out and dislocated his shoulder Mm. uh, (laughs) last playoffs. And then Kyrie Irving got hurt in game one last year. And so they played basically LeBron James and a team of, uh, I guess, role players. Role players, yeah. And so Golden State winning um, you know, 4-2 in the series, they didn't get enough credit for that. So do you think that was motivation for them this year? Absolutely. I mean, how can that not be motivation for you to come back to beat a team that, I mean, obviously they are very, you know, that no one can take that NBA championship away from you. I mean, that's just something that's forever. But now they can stop all of that questioning. This is the chance for them to beat a healthy Cavaliers team 
and to really cement their legacy in the history of the NBA. No, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I wouldn't call them the underdogs. I th- <laughs> most uh, most experts I've seen are picking Golden State. Um, I wouldn't call them the underdogs, but I do fully agree that they do have a chip on their shoulder, mm. and they're playing like it. Yeah. Um, even down 3-1 to one to OKC, yeah. um, they said, we're not out of this. This is right where we want to be, and everyone called them crazy. <laughs> yeah. They go on the road. They beat uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in mm. their house in Game mm. 6. Yeah. And then they win Game 7 on their home floor. So going into this, I would say that even though the Cavs have um, had a cleaner road and they've won, more, uh, they've won a little easier, I think the momentum is swung to Golden State right now. Coming back from 3-1, that has to give you tremendous confidence. Um, you now have home court. You're playing a team that you beat last year. They're probably riding high. They have the momentum. Cleveland, yes, they've had a lot of rest. They've been able to see Golden State, what they do, um, even though they already know what they do. Um, I see Golden State with more momentum going into this series. Mm. That's interesting. I I really conflicted about this because I tend to agree that, you know, a healthy Golden State team, and we, I mean, we've just seen what Stephon Curry can do. I mean, he's just incredible. Do you think he's back to full strength? Because um, early, earlier in this playoffs, you know, he slipped on the the wet spot on the floor. <laughs> yeah. The towel boy wasn't doing his job, <laughs> yeah. but he slipped and um, and sprained his knee. You so do you, does he look back to full health? You know, to what, you? right now, I mean, I, I want to root for the Golden State Warriors. You know that I do, but in this moment right now, as I'm talking to you, I can't help but to sway more towards the Cavs. I just think... So this is who you're pulling for? I, Not pulling for, but think who's going to win. Oh, okay. Because I think that with a healthy LeBron James, Kyrie, as long as he doesn't get injured again in game one... He does have a, a very injury-prone history. Right. Going back to his Duke days. Exactly. Um, and then with Kevin Love, I mean, that's just a that's just a threesome that... You, it's just hard to say that they, they can't win. Are you saying that's a tough threesome? Is that what I just heard? <laughs> That's what I've heard. It's a tough threesome to beat, is what I'm saying. Yes, I'm any glad threesome, you read between the lines. Any threesome is tough to beat. Yep. Um, but that one especially. Okay, so before we make our predictions for this final, because I think it sounds like we're both kind of uh, going different directions. Yeah. Let's look at last year's final. Okay. So, um, going into the series, like we said, the Cavs didn't have Kevin Love, so they had to adjust playing without him. We saw people step up. Um, we saw... Tristan Thompson step up. That's why they paid him big money this mm. offseason. Yep. Uh, we saw Timothy Mozgov step up in the finals. He was a monster. He actually led game, uh, I think, game five in scoring over LeBron James. He had a great series. So the Cavs had to adjust without Kevin Love. And then Kyrie gets hurt, yep. which changes the whole series. 100%. Deladova has to step up. So all these guys have to step up for the Cavs. Um, Golden State was fully healthy. 100%, yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go game by game here. So game one... Uh, Kyrie gets hurt late in the game, right before OT. Absolutely. Game goes to OT. LeBron has a monster game. But you know how interesting is that? That the first—I mean—that the first game, and then I think you're, as you continue on, you're going to say that the second team, the second game, also goes to overtime. So how indicative of that is that of this series with? And that's without Kyrie. And that's with Ky- well, that's without Kyrie. Well, Kyrie for about you know three quarters of the game, and right. then and no Kevin Love. Well, that's I guess that's my point is that saying that the first game you know that goes to overtime with Kyrie's influence in just the first three quarters. So I'm just saying as we as we enter into this new series, I just think it's gonna be really interesting to see the level of gameplay we'll see from those three players because they also have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, if anyone has something to prove to a city, it's gonna be LeBron James, the Cleveland. 
Very true. And he tried to put the team on his back last he year. absolutely did. Let me read this stat line for you. And I didn't know this until I re- went back and looked it up. LeBron James' stat line from last year, and, you know, he's playing without Kyrie and Kevin Love, obviously put the team on his back. He was shooting over 40 times, which is unbelievable. But he averaged 35.8 points. Wow. He averaged 13 rebounds oh and 9 assists per game. What eight, a beast. 8.8, but basically 9 assists per game. Mm-hmm. So he almost averaged a triple-double mm. in the finals last year. Yeah. So why do you think, you know, a guy like LeBron James, who uh, you didn't have the supporting cast last year, why do you think a guy like this takes so much flack when he almost averaged a triple-double in a finals? I, what, do you, what, what is his legacy? Why are people giving him all this grief? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I am, don't understand the flack from, that LeBron James gets. Um, I, what about the decision? Okay, well, are you talking about the decision? I'm talking about his whole career. You know, I think LeBron's kind of been a hated figure his whole career. He's made the finals six times in a row. This is his seventh final. He's lost four. He's won two. Yes. So why do you think, you know, we look at, uh, we often like to talk about legends and um, all-time greats. Why do you think LeBron is so hated when, you know, these old-timers like Magic, Jordan, Bird, you know, guys that have... Um, played in those many championships. Why do you think they're revered and LeBron isn't? Well, of course, fundamentally, the problem is that LeBron made, you know, the infamous decision to go to Miami. I mean, I think that is the fundamental start of all of this hatred and dislike, is his move to Miami at that time. Because, let's just be totally honest, I mean, it was done and not the most classy way. It was done on public television. and Oh, no, that was brutal. It was brutal. And yeah, those, the, the decision was one of those things that you remember. Forever. Remember where you were. Yes, I remember where I was. It's, yes, I'm not going to equate it. To, I was going to say the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> it's not quite that level. It's, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not quite that it's level. It's not quite that level. But I do. I remember where I was. I remember sitting at my, at my friend's house and watching him make this really public yeah, display sitting. of throwing... Cleveland under the bus. Yeah. I mean, that's what it really felt like. Uh, was it Tom Rinaldi? I think, I can't remember who was interviewing him. I think it was Tom Rinaldi, because Tom Rinaldi all, always does those interviews. Um, but I think it was Tom Rinaldi. They're sitting down. I was at my grandparents' house in Florida, sitting there. You're like, it, the whole nation was captivated. Absolutely. And that just was, you know, such a bad move. But you have to remember how young he was at that point. Um, what a young player. I mean, the- but he had been in the league. Seven years. Right, but I mean, first he joined the league when he was 18, so being in the league seven years, he's he's only 25. 25, I mean, it's really easy to be enraptured by money and fame and things at that point. Um, But I think as a person, um, and also as a player, I mean, I'm I'm saying this is an Eastern Conference person, I mean, I, I love my Celtics, so... Uh, I hated LeBron James, and when he left, I was like, this just proves everything I've ever hated mm. about him. So people who, you think it was just fuel to the fire. Exactly. Huh. But but now when you look at him, I just think that, one, he has a much better understanding of himself as a person, but also, obviously, what's more important than that is just his understanding of the game. I mean, he takes, like, the last, um, the last finals, he put the whole team on his back, as you mentioned. Which he had to. He had to, but, I mean, you mentioned his almost... You know, 35.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, and 18.8 assists. Like, that is absurd of any player. But I think a lot of the times we look at the great players as players that stay loyal to their team for all that time. Larry Bird, you mentioned Magic Johnson, a Laker. But that really doesn't happen that much anymore. You know, long are the days that, um, like, we don't see many Dirk Nowitzki's, Mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne Wade. 
Guys that stay with their team. My um, man, Spur. Even your, I mean, even one of your favorite players going up, who you thought was going to be a Celtic for life, Paul Pierce. Uh, he left. I mean, we don't see guys stay. So, to me, it was no surprise LeBron Tim left. Duncan. Yes, I'm in. you know, I love uh, Old Man Riverwalk. You don't see many guys <laughs> like Tim Duncan anymore either. Love him. Um, so I think the thing with LeBron is, I think LeBron is very legacy focused. Yes, absolutely. So when he wasn't winning in Cleveland, he saw he had this time, this this clock ticking in his head. Yeah, I'm losing prime years of a chance at a championship, and where was the best place to do that? In the East, yep. with the Heat, with Chris Bosh. And with Dwayne Wade, he had just seen the Celtics do it. Also, there the was, Celtics there was had no a big su- three. There was no support for him in Cleveland. Like, let, also, let's just be very honest about that as well. Yeah, who is let's, who is the best player LeBron played with in Cleveland can before you he went even, to the, Can you even pick a name out of a uh, right now? Salgastis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was great for Anderson Verzal. Like, Booby Gibson was, yeah. was. I can't believe he was even on just, the floor. You, you're in the crowd. Come <laughs> on down, play for the Cavaliers. Waterboy. Yeah, like I mean, I. On the one level, you have to understand that if you are a legacy different different player, like of course you're going to make that decision, especially if you're as young as a 25 year old, you know, hoping to leave his legacy on the league. And you know, after he you know won, he realized that that is not necessarily like he wants to bring this championship to Cleveland. So I so his legacy, he said. I've won two championships. Mm-hmm. My legacy, the end of my career, is in Cleveland. Absolutely. I'm going to be the guy, not just to bring a championship, an NBA championship to Cleveland. I'm going to be the first guy to bring a championship to Cleveland since, I think, 1974. Frank, let's be honest about Cleveland. It's a rough place. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from Cleveland, we apologize for that. I'm from Pittsburgh. Megan's from Connecticut. We've been to Cleveland. It's not our favorite place. It's not our favorite place. Your sports struggle. You do have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Peace. Good job. We will give you that. Uh, we're filming this actually from Raleigh, North Carolina. You can hate on it all you want. Yes, okay? please feel free to hate on the Panthers. We, have we know that they choked. All we have, are the, <laughs> yes, we have the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, we're a hop skipping away from the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so getting back to the finals, um, Golden State won last year 4-2 mm-hmm. in the finals. Um, yeah. But this is a different Cavs team we're seeing this year. Yeah. One, they have a new coach. Yeah. There was a mutiny this year. <laughs> yeah, literally. David Blatt, run out of town. <laughs> run out of town. Uh, that was me, just so to be clear, having my fingers run away from town. <laughs> Thank you for that illustration. I'm sure that's how it was. Um, so David Blatt was run out of town. Tyron Lou, who was an assistant coach at the time, was kind of hand-selected by LeBron James to take his place. Yeah. So, basically what was happening this year with LeBron, he's got accustomed to how things were run in Miami. Pat Riley runs a very tight, strict, military-style organization. Yeah. Comes back to Cleveland, it's lax. From the owner down, it's lax. Uh, there was no control from the owner, from Dan Gilbert. Uh, David Black didn't run a tight ship. Yeah. So LeBron kind of was this general. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone knows LeBron has, basically, he's the GM of that team. He's the all-star. And you know what? He I, has the set. And I think that, I'm, I'm sorry to keep on referencing my love of the Celtics, but it really is that strong. Um, anyone listening that loves the Celtics, please just respect. But anyways, that I think I really appreciate that from LeBron James, because I see um, Bill Russell being that player coach figure for the Celtics team. Um, I know that... 11 championships? 11 championships. I mean, like, I mean... When you can't even fit them on your hands... <laughs> I mean, if I could ever, 
I really don't get starstruck ever, but if I could meet Bill Russell, I would lose my mind. Like, lose my mind. One of the greats. Oh my gosh. One of. So I'm you think he's kind of embodied this player-coach mentality as well? Absolutely. Um, I understand that he's not quite at that level because he's not technically a player, player, player but coach. But it seems but like yeah. him and Tyron Luke have actually a, a really good partnership. Absolutely. And Tyron Luke has demonstrated a lot of leadership this year. Yeah. He's changed them um, uh, fundamentally, as one, as a team and how they play. He's really sped them up. Mm-hmm. So th- let's talk about that. Yeah. The Cavs are playing a different game than they did last year. So mm-hmm. when they lost Kevin Love and they lost, lost Kyrie, they had to play with their bigs. Yeah. That's why you saw Timothy Mozgov and Tristan Thompson And that's why body also the you see Stephen Curry hitting threes like it's nobody's business because there's no one outside going to challenge him for that ball. Which is so, yes, that's very true. So we saw that last year. So the Cavs basically have morphed into a mini Golden State. Yeah. They're playing with Channing Frye, who's getting yeah. amazing minutes because he can shoot the three. Kevin Love, everyone knows he can shoot the three. He can extend it as well. Absolutely. So Tristan Thompson's in there, who's uh, a monster on the board. So and he's basically course, a rebounder. Right, and LeBron can do everything. And I've barely seen Mozgov this yeah. playoffs. And LeBron, obviously, you're right, can do everything. Um, so that gets us into this year's playoff, uh, this year's championship. Both teams play a similar game, are, are trying to play a similar game. We right. know who Golden State is. Yeah. Golden State runs pick and rolls, amazing passing. They're not a type of team that will beat you off the dribble. They don't have mm-hmm. a guy like a Russell Westbrook who right. uh, is just going to take you to the, uh, or Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, just going to take you to the rack. Right. They run screens, um, pick aways, they get guys open. Good fundamental basketball. Uh, pick and pops. They do a lot of uh, baseline passes, swing Absolutely. passes. Yeah. So they're amazing passers and they hit open shots. And mm-hmm. every, almost every person on the floor except Andrew Bogut or their center can hit threes. Right. So which is their strategy? Yeah. So what we've seen in the Cavs, the Cavs are doing the same thing. Yeah. But what I say to you is, and you, know, you said earlier that you think the Cavs are going to win this series. Yeah. Um... Can the Cavs do what Golden State does better than Golden State? I just, I know I keep on harping back to this, and maybe I really have too much faith in the man, but I don't think my faith is is misplaced. I really, I think that Kevin Love can compete with Golden State. I think that, you know, obviously not Stephen Curry. I think that Kyrie can compete with Golden State, but I think that LeBron James is such a versatile player. But Um, wasn't he last year? Right, but he didn't have the supporting cast that he did. Okay. And we're going to harken back all the way to, like we were saying, why he moved from the Cavs to the Heat. He didn't have that supporting cast to help him win a championship there. And now there. he does. And now he absolutely does. And I just think that as LeBron James moves into this finals, he knows that this is his real chance to win a championship. Mm. And so he's going to be, you know, at, we mentioned his outrageous stats last year, and I think that he's going to reform just as unbelievably this year. So if, if LeBron James performs just as well this year in this series, um, then with Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving doing their jobs, then there's no way that they can't win if they're playing that well. That's true. And one thing they have been doing extremely well this year, the Cavs, is shooting threes. This Absolutely. postseason, they set records for uh, their one, their three-point percentage, but two, um, when they played the Toronto Raptors, I think it was game two, they set the actual NBA postseason record for threes in a game. Wow. And so they're shooting at a tremendous rate. They're doing basically what Golden State does, like right. I mentioned. Absolutely. But the thing is, uh, Golden State, we can't underestimate their defense as well. Mm, that's so we, a valid point. We all know Golden State for their offense, but their defense is actually pretty staggering as well. They're the second best team in guarding the three. So those two things come to a head. The Cavs shooting extremely well from three. Yeah. But Golden State defends the three very well. 
That's one thing. Second thing is Draymond Green is a matchup problem on both sides of the floor. Mm. So my question is, who is Kevin Love going to guard? Right. What Golden State does really well is they isolate your worst defender. Right. So what they do is they'll switch. If if you're going to be Golden State, you have to switch their screens. Right. So when you switch their screens, that gives you matchup problems like Kevin Love is guarding Steph Curry. Right. What's going to happen when Kevin Love's playing Steph Curry? And then, you know, if Kyrie is playing Steph Curry, then that's a huge liability. You know, I mean, there's just no way that they're going to handle that. So Kyrie also, I I think, is a liability on defense. I would say Steph Curry is also a liability on defense. I don't think Clay Thompson is a liability. I think he's (laughs) not that great at defense either. I saw how he played Russell Westbrook. It was terrible. He basically let Russell Westbrook have whatever he wanted. Yeah. And so what Golden State does really well is team defense. Right. Uh, they have Draymond Green coming over to help. They have Draymond Green playing their bigs. You know, the Cavs, they play more um, one-on-one defense. Right. Kyrie is a liability. Obviously, LeBron is the stopper. Iman Shumpert's great. J.R. Smith, not so great. Del is not bad. But what I see is, as a team defense, Golden State is way better than the Cavs. I mean, I just really think that Kevin Love needs to play exceptionally. Like, we all know that LeBron James is a beast. And You'd he's say gonna, he's the X-Factor for the I think, series. I absolutely think that he's X-Factor, 100%, because we know that LeBron James is going to play amazingly. We know maybe he might have one bad game. We know that Kyrie Irving, we know his game. Kevin Love needs to perform at an exceptional level. This, this is why they brought him in. Exactly. To play in the finals and yep. to be the X-Factor. Exactly. And if he doesn't, I mean... That's going to be a real question as we move into the future. That's true. Does he stay with the Cavs? What happens with Kevin Love? That, yeah. is, that is a very good point. Um, I think Kevin Love will be exposed. I don't see him having a great series. When they played, um, they played twice this year. Golden State Warriors, this was, I will give a disclaimer, this was before Lou was the head coach. So, you know, they played a little differently. But right. still, the same matchups. Um, when they played this year, Golden State won handily both games. Right. Love played poorly on both ends of the floor. Right. And they didn't get a lot of transition points, which is if you're going to be Golden State, Golden State thrives in transition. You have to score in transition as well. So if one team's running, you have to run against them, unless you're going to completely slow it down, which I don't see the Cavs. So I think another factor that should be included in this is that um, if the Cavs get a lead, you know, if they're leading 3-2 to in Game 6, they know they have to close out. because It would be at home. It would be be at home. home And the Golden State won... Game six in Cleveland last year. Absolutely. So that's kind of thing. Yeah, and so they. So you think Cleveland's going to be up three two and close it out four two? Is that what I'm hearing? That's what I think they need to do. It's, okay. It's a question of whether they're capable of doing that because, as you mentioned earlier in this podcast, um, the Golden State Warriors like coming back from behind. They do. So they need to know that this is an. They were behind last year. Absolutely. Yes. They won the first game. Yeah. And they lost the next two, so they were down two one. Yeah. And then they won. Um, and uh, and then they went four two and yeah. won four in four games. Yeah, and so we the the Cavs just need to know as they move forward that you know if they get that advantage, they need to strike it down before they have the opportunity to come back against them. And so basically, if the Cavs are going to win, it's not going to be in a game seven in Oracle Arena at Golden State. Absolutely. So Cleveland needs to win in five or six games, which I don't see them winning in five. That means they would only let Golden State win one. Yeah. So. So let's, do, let, let's so let's do predictions. Yeah, I think Golden State is going to win the six games. I think they're going to win in Cleveland again in Game Six. They're going to win four two. I think they're going to win the first game tonight. They're going to probably lose the second game in Oracle, um, and then they're going to go back and forth. But I think Golden State is going to win. Um, a couple of reasons, like I mentioned earlier, I don't see Cleveland beating Golden State at, at its own game, shooting threes, playing fast and up tempo. 
I think there's just so many mismatch problems with um, that Draymond Green creates. Um, also, just defensively, who is Kyrie going to guard? Ky- if Kyrie's not guarding Steph Curry, he can't guard Klay Thompson. So I see Kyrie being exposed defensively, Kevin Love being exposed def- defensively. I think LeBron is going to be an ama- uh, just amazing this series. He's going to facilitate. He'll probably average around 28 a game. But I just don't see the Cavs beating Golden State at their own game. So I see uh, Golden State winning 4-2, uh, just like last year. And I see the Cavs winning 4-2. I see the exact same prediction that you do. Um, Golden State winning at home, then the Cavs winning at home. But then I see the back and forth going more in favor of the Cavs. I think the Cavs are shooting better beyond the arc. Um, I think that Love has been playing really great down the stretch, and I really... That's true. He has been playing better this playoff. Yeah, and I really fundamentally that he is that X-Factor, so we'll see this playoff series if he can basically handle being that X-Factor, being that assistant help for LeBron James, and I think that he really is capable of doing that. Um, State Farm commercials and all. I think Yes. (laughs) That's the reason. That's it. Because he's a boy that's become a man. Yeah, I saw that with the sex talk. I knew that was capable It wasn't the birds and the bees. It was... uh, Get what it's called the book he brought out yeah. but that was that was just an awkward commercial also <laughs> there's a laptop on his bed when he walks in and he closes it really quickly was kevin love looking at porn in the commercial i always he was looking at porn <laughs> and he's trying to get the birds and beast off from his father quote unquote come on yes that was just an awkward commercial Chris all Paul, come on and this uh teenage body with an oversized beard head bearded which means head. that if it's oversized up top you mean it's oversized <laughs> down below if you know what i'm saying and we're moving on <laughs> And also, Stop I mean, thinking of Kevin Love's job. <laughs> the Cavs also have plenty of rest. I mean, they're rested, they're ready. I think that they're really thirsty for this. I, I think as much as... Rested, we're, ready, and thirsty. Thirsty. They're real thirsty. <laughs> LeBron James wants this so bad. But he wanted it last year. But without the supporting cast that he has now. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, the supporting um, the coach... That LeBron James has such a good relationship with, um, they're playing a much faster tempo, and I think that works much better, much better for this Cavaliers team. So, I'm going Cavs four two. Four two, I like it. So we're both saying four two. We'll see how tonight plays out. If Cleveland steals this game, steals this game in Oracle Arena at Golden State, that would be huge. Yeah. Huge for this series. Absolutely. Um, and then I would edit this and take back my pick. <laughs> Okay. You can't because I've won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now moving on. It is time for our second advertisement. Uh, if you are an advertiser and you'd like to place an ad with us, please, please uh, let us know. We'd love to have you. Um, but we're actually taking for this segment. Our second ad is Tom Brady's upcoming cookbook. It just released. It's $200. Um, pick it up at Barnes & Noble. Uh, it's really helping you cook with food that you can't afford. In Uggs, specifically. It comes with a pair of Uggs. Yes. Does it come with Giselle? I don't think it comes with Giselle. Okay. She's a little bit more high-priced than the Uggs. Okay, a little bit more. And she does make more money than him. Oh, way more, yeah. But speaking of Tom Brady, um, there's this whole Tom Brady mess going on in the NFL. We can't have a podcast without touching the NFL <laughs> because that is sports in America. Right. And so we're talking NFL. That's sports in our house, at least. In June. Uh, don't, uh, don't fight us. Okay. <laughs> we're talking Tom Brady. So his four-game suspension has been reinstated by... Uh, the, the, the evil one. Um, what would you call him in Star Wars? Uh, Darth Goodell? <laughs> Darth Goodell. The Sith Lord? He's basically a Sith Lord. Yeah. Uh, no one likes him. Um, no, I don't I even said, think Sith like him. That's the, pro- the problem 
problem is that he's totally for the owners, and we all know this. But now, you know, well, even is, with taking, you know, but things with Kraft. Uh, Kraft has some owners on his side too, and Kraft, right. Kraft hates Goodell, Kraft, obviously. Kraft v the Goodell, I vote Kraft. Yes. Kraft is going to win. Yes, yeah, true. So, what do you think? Um, Tom Brady has now re-upped his legal team. He's hired uh, new lawyers. They're t- trying to appeal this yet again. So basically, when you appeal this, they're trying to draw it out again, right? So that it doesn't affect this season, right? Which is basically what happened last season. Right. Why he was able to play? Yeah. Do you think that Tom Brady is going to play a full seventeen games this year? Let me just say right off the bat, I love me some Celtics. I hate me some Patriots. I can't even explain. Growing up in New England, I'm a Vikings fan, so I really struggle with being pro Patriots. But let's just push that all aside for the moment. Let's just push it, it aside. It doesn't seem like you're pushing it aside. I just—it's right. It's so <laughs> Let's push this aside. I hate Tom Brady. <laughs> the rest of the country agrees with me if you're not from New England. I hate to say it, but it's true. I do think that he will get a shorter suspension in exchange for. I mean, really, it either comes down for like you said, he either pushes out further for what sexual favors. What is he exchanging? <laughs> He's a very good looking man. <laughs> Let's not question what he's gonna exchange for Goodell. Um, <laughs> but I, I I mean I think he will eventually have to just serve his sentence because I think at a certain point, I mean, either I mean he's already appealed this again, but the really the question is is this will be in time for the NFL season. Um I think it will be, but So you think that appeal will happen and he will not be suspended this year? I think that Oh, this is a great question. I think that he will be suspended for two games, not four. Four but, is harsh. But the four, but the punishment can't change right now. I know. So good. So good deal. can't change. I feel like if you go back to the sexual favors, <laughs> he can he can change it. It's really a matter if. Uh, I mean, it's if Goodell, the appeal happens or not. I mean, the, yeah. If the district courts hear the appeal, and they will hear the appeal, so I think that so he, you, he's he will play. He's continuously pushing. I mean, how old is Tom Brady right now? Anyway, I mean, he's how getting many, up there. I think he's thirty-seven. How, how many years? Can he push this off for like five years every year. Follow Keep it new going. appeal, new appeal, until new all appeal. the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, and then at and that by point, then Donald Trump be 50, will be, and Donald Trump will be our president, and Donald Trump and Tom Brady are boys. Yeah, exactly. And Donald Trump and Robert, uh, Goodell are. Strangely similar people. And so, I just, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to serve this year. I think he's going to appeal and then continue on forward. But, I mean, I don't know. This whole situation is just kind of... It's just, for NFL fans, it's terrible. It's, it's just, awful. It's been drawn out. We're so, Everyone's so over it. Even if he did tamper with balls, I'm a Steeler fan. I don't care. Just let him play. When other players on other teams have said that they've done the exact same thing, yes. that, at that point, you have to kind of just let it go. Aaron Rodgers said he He's likes his balls a certain way, and so does Olivia Munn. And so does Olivia Munn, which you can blame her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carolina Panthers were busted a couple years ago for yeah. doing the same thing, for like lacquering up balls. Something. Yeah. I mean, this is And there's no, no, there's no players being suspended for four games on their team. I just, I mean, I hate the Patriots, but I really do think that they're being kind of a scapegoat in this situation. I agree. And I think this has been piggybacked off um, Spygate. Absolutely. And they're repeat offenders. Goodell wants to kind of put the nail on the coffin with yeah, Patriots and, and, you know, make sure this doesn't happen again. Absolutely. But he's just making them an example, and people are just over it, and it's just it's And it's unnecessary, out. but at this point, they're, they're both egos are just so big that they're not going to back down. True. Very true. Speaking of egos. Yes. On to our next segment. This 
segment is probably my favorite segment of the Sports Spouse podcast. Uh, we go over who would win in a fight. Mm-hmm. So talking about Tom Brady, there's basically two sides yes. right now yes. that we've seen. You know, Sith and Jedi. So I'd say on the Jedi side, we have Giselle. Right. On the Sith side, we have Goodell. The hottest Jedi that's ever a Jedi. <laughs> yes, really. She would be a great Jedi. She would be the hot... Oh, my god. Anakin would stare longingly into her eyes, that's for and sure. And give her creepy comments. <laughs> <laughs> this is also partially a Star Wars podcast, unless y'all didn't know that. <laughs> so we have Giselle versus Goodell. Who are you taking in a fight? Oh, Giselle! Are we doing prison rules? Prison rules. Okay, you got Giselle, I got Goodell. Why would Giselle win in a fight? She's a supermodel. Fact. Which means... That's dainty. She's hungry. (laughs) (laughs) She is starving. Hungry to win or like actually hungry? Both. (laughs) She is physically starving and she needs a bite. And if if Goodell's in between her and a sandwich, Mm. Tom Brady is that metaphorical sandwich, she will kick his ass. So you're saying don't get in between a girl and food, especially when she's hangry. Exactly. I've seen that firsthand. Yes, you have. (laughs) (laughs) It's like saying would you or me win, but when I'm angry and hungry. Yeah, those two things usually are synonymous. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you think she just really, just really starving. Also, think about supermodels. They train every day six hours to be. She's a been out of the game for a little bit. She's, she's been, been out, out of the game. She's been out of the game. She's raising kids. She, no, she's not a nanny for those kids while she's in the gym doing her stuff. Beginning what is this, Rocky and Rocky Four? Absolutely. And she's training in and Russia. Ma- imagine her in, in Rocky. <laughs> she's the American in the situation, and Goodell is the Russian. And who wins in the American-Russian Rocky fight? The American. That's right. Okay, I have to argue for Goodell, which is tough because I hate Goodell. Uh, Goodell. Uh, <laughs> He's from Pittsburgh. He's, he's from, from, Pittsburgh. from Pennsylvania. Which is rough already. I went to Washington and Jefferson. I had some friends go to Washington and Jefferson. Um, so he's got kind of that, you know, that fighting spirit that we all have if you're from Pennsylvania. You have that rich fighting spirit. I'm going to say rich fighting spirit. <laughs> um, he's loaded. He's got money. He could pay people off. He's a bigger guy, you know. But can he pay people off to the level that Giselle no, can pay people right. off? You're right. That is 100% she true. She's way more wealthy than he is. She could hire people to and kill she's him. she's Brazilian. There's got to be some Brazilian folks she, she can put She's going on. through Brazilian wax. <laughs> Let me just say, that's the most painful thing anyone will experience in their lives. Giselle can beat him. There's no argument to the contrary. Goodell's eyebrows look like they need to be Brazilian wax. <laughs> I will say that. Okay, I'll give it to you. I think Gazelle, uh, Giselle would... Uh, she is a gazelle. She is a gazelle. Giselle's a gazelle. <laughs> she would win in a fight. Well, thank you all for listening to uh, episode one of the Sports Spouse podcast. Um, my name is Eric Noyes. My name is Megan Noyes. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.